Welcome to this week's The New PL, episode 231. We're on the countdown or the build up to, depending on how you look at it, to our 250th episode, which, as I mentioned last week, we'll publish in September. And there's going to be a whole host of initiatives rolled out around this celebration over the next few weeks. And I'm going to announce the first of these next week. In this week's episode, we're speaking to Alexandra McKellar, entrepreneur and breathwork and somatic therapist. Alexandra is specializing in guiding people into their bodies and back into connection with their true self through breathwork and somatic therapy. Trained in rebirthing breathwork and integrative therapy, she has extensive experience in facilitating the liberation of stuck emotion, energy, and experiences in the body, enabling them to shift and integrate. And having worked through her own acute post-traumatic stress symptoms and autoimmune issues, in addition to her training, Alexandra is strongly informed by how trauma and the nervous system function. She guides her clients and her groups through similar challenges, all while staying grounded in gentle breath. And if you stick around for the end of this podcast with Alexandra, we're going to do an exercise on the podcast episode live. Alex, a very warm welcome to the new PNL. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, perhaps if we can start with just a quick introduction to you, what you do and who you do it for. Yes. So I am a breathwork and somatic therapist. I work with individuals, small groups and businesses, essentially on using our breath and our physiology to unlock different parts of ourselves and move through either stuck emotion or trauma or move towards more creativity and innovation. So that's the kind of highest level of what I do. Wonderful. And breathwork has become increasingly popular over recent years, I guess, and in large part because of the high profile of proponents like Wim Hof, who probably just about everyone knows these days, I think. <laughs> yeah. Why do you believe it's you know, what, what has driven this persistent popularity? Why do you believe it's so popular right now? Yeah. So I think it's such a fundamental thing. Firstly, you know, we all have our breath. It's there with yeah. us all the time. We have varying degrees of awareness of it. But I think why it's come kind of had a resurgence because, you know, they you look at all the major spiritual practices and religions and things like that, there's always been a spread of the breath. But I think why it's coming into yeah, more of a resurgence right now is that it's really about looking at your nervous system and the regulation of your nervous system. Yeah. And in today's world, especially um, with pandemic times, um, and the amount of information and, you know, it's only increasing with AI and everything coming in that people are actually realizing like, oh, my body can't keep up with the level of stimulus of modern day world unless I have a practice or a way of getting in tune with my nervous system and how regulated or dysregulated it is. And the breath is kind of the hack into that because yeah. It's the only major bodily function that crosses over both the unconscious and the conscious, right? So I can't proactively sit here and, and stop my digestive system from <laughs> moving, yeah. but I can hold my breath. Similarly, if I'm not concentrating on it, it's flowing. Um, and so it's, it's 
come up because it's kind of that portal into working with our nervous system and working with our physiology and how it's reacting to modern day and all the things that are coming at us, especially, you know, as people had to confront a lot of, you know, panic and different things around the pandemic and stuff like that. So that's why, that's why I think it's kind of coming back into this forefront is that it's really needed. It's really needed right now. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with that. You you <laughs> practice somatic therapy therapy specifically, and I wondered yeah. if you could talk me through the principles of this approach. You know, why do you focus on this? Yes, yeah. So somatic, essentially, if we look at the word, it's talking about you as a whole being with your body. So a lot of people in this day and age are very good at psychoanalyzing, intellectualizing, overthinking, um, you know, applying frameworks to things from a very mind-based approach. Um, and unfortunately, we find people are doing that, but still there's um, there's a gap between what they know and how they want to behave. You know, if you think of a leader who loses his cool with an employee or something like that, you know, they may know better but there's something going on in their body that's causing that override of the prefrontal cortex or the upper cortical parts of the brain. Um, so having that kind of bottom down approach, so working with the mind first and then having that trying to come down and change your behavior or your embodiment can only take you so far. That's why I focus on somatic therapy because it's really about a bottom up approach. So we're looking at, okay, what's going on in the body? What's going on in the nervous system, in the sensations you can feel in your body? How aware are you of them? And how sensitive is your nervous system to the activation of it based on certain events, stimulus, triggers, and how, what ability do you have to kind of ebb and flow seamlessly between more arousal, so more activation, and then more calm? And the more you are able to flow between those two, the more you're actually able to be present and stay with things and have more awareness as well in the mind as and in the body of what you're doing. So it's really about working with the tolerance range in your nervous system for these different sensations and how that relates to different thought patterns and behaviors in your mind. Um, so somatic therapy is really about the working with the body and the breath is, you know, that entry point into those, into those things. That's really, that's really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do we expect or what can we typically discover or uncover when we consciously tap into that subconscious over time yeah. through breath work? You know, what's the what's the process and what do we start with typically when you start the process of breath work? What do you discover and uncover and what do you discover and uncover over time? Yeah. So I think it depends which type of breath work you're doing, but if you're going into a kind of that deeper breath work journey, you will essentially allow the body to create enough safety. So you were going into the rest and digest, the parasympathetic side of our nervous system, yeah. enough safety in the body so that emotions, 
physical reactions from the past that didn't get a chance to complete can actually come up to be completed so we don't have to keep reenacting or replaying them. So that's kind of the first thing that comes up for people in in breathwork is anything right. that's in your body and therefore in your emotional and and memory part of your mind that wasn't completed that wasn't processed that got stuck it's cut it's able to come up to be completed because you're giving your body the space literally with the breath to be able to process it that could be i guess in the first instance that could reignite trauma for some people how does the is the expectation that the body gradually because it's been given permission the body gradually heals it itself or is there something more proactive that that individual has to do to complete it it's exactly that the body knows exactly what it to do but we have this really over functioning mind you know our bodies and certain parts of our older parts of our brain are very very primitive and they yeah. speak the language of english they speak that language of sensations and they don't have a chronological kind of time they don't have an understanding of time they don't have a chronological understanding of things and so when we give our body the space with breath it's able to go through and heal with a sophisticated practitioner that can make sure that we're not sending your body into overwhelm if you think of animals in um the wild it, say they hear a gunshot you know if it's um an impala or gazelle or something yeah. they will run as fast as they can so that's gone into their fight flight sympathetic it's very adaptive heart rate goes up um blood to the digestive area goes down it goes to the muscles and it's able to narrow vision and run once it's fight goes to a place where it feels safe it will actually nestle itself into some bushes or into an area make sure that okay i'm actually away from the threat and the danger and then it will shake like crazy to actually discharge the extra energy from that adrenaline from that cortisol until it can okay i've shaken off all that literal excess energy yeah then i can relax again and then okay i'm back to normal safe i was just had a crazy threat and i'm back to normal safe and now i'm in that normal flow of my of my nervous system but as humans we don't do this we have certain experiences that maybe send us into that level of activation and arousal and we either shut it down mentally um or disassociate from it or we kind of just okay move on with life carry on and everything that got stirred up literally intention in the muscles um thoughts that came up were not able to complete and so when we add the breath we're essentially taking us back into that very intuitive wisdom of the body um that we see animals process in 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 the wild and not become traumatized it's really interesting so are you <laughs> saying that effectively however historical the trauma might be when you bring it forth and allow it to be released in that moment the body and the mind and sees it as a as a trauma in that moment and acts to heal it it doesn't recognize yeah. that it might have been 30 years ago 20 years ago whatever it happens to be it just addresses it at that moment yes exactly and that's where somatic therapy really comes in because as you work with um a therapist who can get you to name what's going on 
So you bring that part of your brain that is kind of logical and assessing everything. What you do is you're essentially bringing something from the past that you said, like exactly as you explained, bringing it to the present, naming it, and then it's able to integrate completely into the present with your body and your right. mind all at the same time. So yes, exactly. And how do we know that that is the case? What is the the science, the theory, the research behind that to, so we're confident that that is the case, that we do bring it forward, that we do deal with it in that moment. Um, yeah, well, what what sort of, what's the basis or the foundation for that understanding? Yeah, so a lot of the research being done around what happens in the brain as you engage in, for example, conscious connected breathing. So that's um, a tool that's used a lot in breathwork and somatic therapy where you're giving um, the mind essentially a constant loop of the inhale into the exhale. Mm -hmm. It's with that awareness and focus on simply just inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, you keep the mind in the present because the, you know, the, the brain is a pattern matching and prediction making machine. Yes. It's always going to be, if I pick this glass up, it's thinking your brain is already thinking, Oh, Alex is about to take a drink. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> once we give it that constant loop, it's actually able to stay more in the present and um, relax the projection-making um, process. And so when we're feeling things from the past, rather than just being triggered and time-traveling all the way back to that, to that place, even though our nervous system is, you know, it's exactly the same because the nervous system doesn't know the difference between now and then. Yeah. And the brain is constantly focusing on presence and awareness. Um, they see different parts of the brain light up that mean that you're really updating the presence awareness of what's going on as you're breathing. And that's where that integration piece um, happens. Similarly, if you look at the muscles and the fascia, um, so if you do a, a heat map of people with different emotional states, um, you'll be able to see that um, as you continue to breathe through, they will go through those emotions and it will show on the heat map and the muscle tension, but it will naturally go through and flow back to a normal state. So when we think of rather abruptly trying to change um, someone, so if someone's like, oh, I'm trying to stop myself crying or I'm angry and I'm trying to clench my teeth, so you're really trying to push down and the heat doesn't actually, it just moves somewhere else in the body. Right. <laughs> what you'll see is actually the full um, discharge of that energy and, and the heart rate and all the heat in the body and the muscles return back to normal without, you know, an, a stronger intervention beyond what the, the breath is allowing, if that makes sense. It so, does, yeah. So yeah. if you're, let's say for a, a very hypothetical example, if you're having a, panic attack for yeah. argument's sake that is something and i know that it comes from somewhere but that's something happening to you in that moment yeah. if you have historical trauma that you are bringing forward you are proactively facilitating the rising of that trauma to address it so yeah. is the process the same for those two things are the muscles the the process the way it's initiated the same when you when it comes to somatic breath work or do you need to address both of those 
things differently because one is being proactively brought forward, the other is occurring to you in that moment. Yes. And it's almost when you're in the therapy or in the coaching room, you are empowered because you are breathing to bring things forward and you are breathing through things, which means that the brain has a completely different relationship with what's going on. Yes, it can be scary. Yes, it can be um, intense. You know, you can still experience all those emotions, but there's a choice. There's a conscious choice to keep breathing and choose to happen. And what that does is move through things. So then when you're out in the real world, they you're not as easily triggered into that state. However, working with uh, somatic tools, then give, say, if you, if you do then have a panic attack out in, you know, maybe you feel claustrophobic or something else happens, you're able to have certain tools to re- know how to regulate your nervous system again, because the panic is, is a knocking on the door that's trying to get you to feel something. And if you, oh, okay, I've been here before. I know what that is. Okay. So the panic is wanting me to experience fear. Okay. Fear is scary, but often the fear of the fear is is bigger than the fear itself. Um, So it's like, okay, I need to notice what's going on in my body with the panic. Where do I feel the what's happening? Am I feeling tightness in my chest? And as soon as you name something, it takes it out of this overwhelming, you know, (laughs) um, abstract thing because you're giving the mind something to name, as I said, to predict. And then it's like, oh, okay, the panic in my, or how it's showing up in my chest is showing actually that if I stay with that long enough, it's fear. Okay, can I feel the fear? So it's it's also giving you the tools to be able to work with those things as the real world comes up and throws things at you that may activate your your nervous system. So, yeah. So what's interesting with the historical example is it almost feels to me from what you've said that actually the first part of the healing process for that historical trauma is you taking control of bringing it forward even before you start the breath work you've actually empowered yourself and given yourself the control over that trauma by welcoming yeah. it almost into your into your present yeah and by doing that you're already creating more safety yes. because the more safety that and safety signals that are with your body and your mind the more that these things can be processed so um the a great example is the veterans that um returned from world war ii they saw an epidemic of ptsd symptoms showing up when they were retiring yes. so what that means is when the body was relaxed and when you're more in your going into your rest and digest, then there's more safety for these things to come up, to complete, to be released. Exactly like the the gazelle or the impala um, example I gave earlier. But it just shows you how long th- those things can stay in your body. And mm-hmm. that's what's impacting digestive functioning, you know, um, autoimmune issues, all those kinds of things, because your body's holding on to that until it thinks, okay, it's safe to process, it's safe to digest and metabolize that experience. Um, but you can do that proactively by stepping forward rather than, you know, the classic example of 
people work really hard and then as soon as they have a rest that's when they get sick you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's you can proactively move forward towards that especially in businesses when you think about burnout and things like that so so with that example the first thing that jumped out at me is many of these veterans had this ptsd delayed ptsd when they retired yeah. probably in part because they had spent their working life keeping their mind occupied with other things and it suppressed yeah. it and then the mind yeah, exactly. is a bit freer yeah. so we're now living in a hybrid world of work where we are spending more time than ever on our own many of us in our homes where we would usually be communicating socializing getting on the tube being stimulated by external stimuli all those other things that keep the mind active we're now mm. spending an awful lot of time by ourselves do you think there's a possibility or a a concern that actually that we may see a rise in whatever trauma we may be carrying within ourselves because we have more time just sitting staring out the window at our homes without communicating without diverting our mind if you like yeah exactly and that's what happened in the pandemic people yeah. actually had to sit with themselves for a moment and as you do that, you come into the present. And as when you come into the present, you actually have to feel things. You have to feel what's yeah, yeah. in your body. You can't be living in the next moment or the train you have to catch or the meeting you have tomorrow, the pitch, whatever. So 100%. And that's going back to what I was um, talking about, why there's this resurgence now is people are like, yeah, you know, things are coming up for me and I don't really yeah, know yeah. why. <laughs> because there's... There, there are still so many demands of modern life, yes. but there's this kind of a bit more disconnect and, yeah. and, and solitude within it. So there's this dynamic between these two things that is meaning exactly as you described, things are coming up and people are hearing the kind of faint sounds of them and, oh, I need to take time off work. I can't do it anymore. Whatever it is um, exactly to your point. Yeah. I want to explore a little bit, um, particularly given the nature of this this podcast, the relationship between breath work and meditation, for argument's sake, and creativity. Yeah. I mean, I often find in my own personal experience, if I'm stuck on something, I will get away from my desk, lie on the couch. Sometimes those ideas will come to me or the, the things will form in the shape that they should, which I just can't get in front of the screen. And I wondered if we are stuck in that moment of trying to figure out something trying to be more creative trying to have that moment of inspiration and we do do breath work or we do do meditation should we be in your early example inviting the problem into our mind to seek a solution or freeing our mind from the problem that we have in that moment to allow it to have the freedom to come up with its own solution rather than trying to force it yeah, I think it's really dependent on the the magnitude of the problem in front of you. So yeah. I think if it's, okay, I keep facing this same block, like again and again, it's presenting itself in different ways repeatedly. You know, maybe it's can't quite get this type of sale, you know, over the line, even, or I keep coming against the same issue, then I would say you need to step back and really invite forward what's the larger block for yeah. you. If it's, um, I 
I'm just feeling like I can't, I've got resistance. And, and, and I think we may do something, a, a little exercise around this yeah. later, but if it's, I've just got resistance, I can't, usually I can do this, but there's just sort of a, a block there. Um, then I would say it's like, okay, go away, change your physiology because usually your, you know, we have a lot of people have something called um, email apnea. So when we're staring, we we don't realize yeah. when we're staring at a screen because you think about it, it's it's narrowing our vision. It's it's, it's all those things kind of that go into into the threat. Um, we actually end up holding our breath, um, and we're not feeling our but we're not allowing our body to have that conscious flow of breath that's signaling. Yeah, okay, we can relax the kind of threat scanning centers of the of the mind and the body and go into those upper um executive functioning creative innovate innovation parts of yeah. the body. um so yes if you go away change your physiology so usually even if you go lie on the couch your breath pattern is just naturally going to change um yeah. but you can as 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 you're getting at proactively change that by um by changing your breath completely um, and then coming back to to whatever it is that um, that you're finding difficult. Is there a, with that in mind, is there an optimal time or a place or an environment to maximise the impact of breathwork? Is there anything that we should prepare for before going into a breathwork session to help maximise its effectiveness in that moment? Honestly, I think the breath is with us all the time. <laughs> we can access any time. Yeah. I do, I'll do a, you know, two minute breathwork practice on the train. Um, yes. If I, for, for me, I got to the point now where I will notice quite soon if I'm not breathing well. So even just noticing, wait a minute. Okay. I'm actually holding my breath here. Let me just take, go back and just take, just take five breaths, whatever it is. Um, so it's really of, of access to us at any time. Yeah. But going into something that's more intentional around shifting something that's deeper, I think it's always just about giving yourself the space either side of the the session or the experience to be able to integrate. So we don't want to go back into a million and one things straight away afterwards, especially on the same day. Um, you want to be just giving yourself some time to allow that that experience to process and percolate through your body essentially there are a as with anything that rises to the to the center of social consciousness there are a vast number of breathwork practitioners out there yes. um, and with anything there are decent genuine authentic practitioners like yourself and there are always charlatans in that mix yeah. as well and i think for those listening it would be great to understand from your perspective how they decipher the jargon and the promises to understand who are authentic and you know what questions should they be asking someone they are considering engaging with before using their services yeah so the first thing is really asking them are they nervous system and trauma informed um with that you'll find rather than just using the breath to manipulate the nervous system and getting things moving that the practitioner will understand 
based on how sensitive um, your nervous system is, what you should and shouldn't be doing as you work on that kind of path to expansion. Um, and I would also ask how long they were trained for um yes. and if they are insured and certified all that all that kind of thing um you know with these with the somatic therapy world in general um it's becoming more and more um in depth however it's not like counseling professionals and things like that uh so really asking people how long they train for and um and and what were their school and then you can look you can look into that as well and then the second is really you know tuning into your body is no matter what they tell you <laughs> what um what they see what you see them or how they're promoting themselves is that your nervous system will know you have an intuition. Everyone has it and it's very amazing. Might have some layers on top. If your body feels safe with them, it doesn't have to, obviously you may have just met them, yeah. but really that's the key to any good breathwork and somatic therapy work is your nervous system has to engage in co-regulation. So picking up on that person's, heartbeat their facial expressions how you feel around them is it safe for me to express and hold these things um and and yeah just making sure that they're really about long-term healing rather than big cathartic experiences because we yes. you know everyone enjoys the catharsis but in terms of long term that's um that's not really beneficial and that's that's the that's how i yeah okay I spoke to a previous guest about two months ago, William Truebridge, who's a world champion um, freediver, and he dives too. I think he holds a world record at the moment for 102 metres. And he yeah. said when he freedives, he gets to a point in that process where he's held his breath for 60 or 70 metres, yeah. he's lost gravity and everything else, and all of those things that we associate with the essence of ourselves, breathing, gravity, many yeah. other things – lose their their emphasis because they are no longer relevant and it causes him to question what actually constitutes self when you have so many of those things that have disappeared in that moment i wondered from the opposite side of things when you go into a deep set of breath work yeah. when you're deep into your consciousness what you also learn about yourself in that process at the opposite end of the scale if you like yeah, it's interesting because it's almost the opposite end of the scale, but it loops back around. Yes, yeah. Once we, um, you know, we proactively breathe and allow things to move, um, we're, we're not going into these patterns of holding our breath consciously or unconsciously. Um, you liberate so much of the stuck energy and the tension that the mind is racing over and you get to a point where, it, and the phrase I use with my clients is that it feels like the breath is breathing you. Right. So it's full and it's flowing and you're conscious of it, but you aren't necessarily really putting the force <laughs> through, but your body is relaxed enough to let everything just flush through and flow. Um, and in those moments, you really connect with 
what I say is like the observer part of you. So all the other parts that are related to fear, worry, tension, all these kinds of things that go on in your body, because the breath is really flowing and it's, it's not having to hold any of those. Um, you can really move into that observer view where you are seeing all these different parts of you see these thought patterns, you see these experiences. Um, and in those moments, that's when, you know, some of the more trippy or psychedelic experiences yeah. can occur in breath work once that you've liberated your your physiology and therefore yourself um, from those experiences. Um, so you do go into that a bit more what is self, uh, but it's it's almost you're experiencing the body going doing doing those things, but you're um, you're watching from that point and gaining often some deeper, more metaphorical um, insights or visuals into into um, this human experience we're all trying to trying to navigate. <laughs> well, I think this would be a perfect time to maybe try and put that into action and do a little five-minute session if you're open to that. Yes, absolutely. So um, today I thought we'd do a small, short practice, so different to what I do in a kind of a longer session, um, around clearing resistance. So oftentimes, as you were describing before, it's like, oh, I don't want to write that article or I don't want to write that thing and um, you could come up against that resistance. Uh, so we're going to be doing a simple 10, 20, 30 uh, breathwork practice. Uh, this is opposite to if you needing something to calm down out of a panic or something like that, um, which I can recommend at the end. Uh, so for listeners, if if that's the case, then I would listen to do, do the other one. But we'll be breathing um, in through the nose and out through the mouth. Um, and after the 10 and then the 20 and the 30, we'll be holding our breath at the bottom, which means after the exhale, just for a little while and then um, returning back. And I will be guiding us all through that. And then at the end, we'll have some time just to sit with and notice what's happening. So if you can find a comfortable seat where you can have some quiet just for a few moments, wiggling your bum in the seat, making sure you can feel, feel your weight, placing your hands on your knees or on your legs or as comfortable and closing your eyes. Just want you to start to tune into your breath. So tune into the sensation of the air flowing in through the nose before we start manipulating the breath we're just noticing it getting aware of it notice how deep or shallow you are breathing and i'll be breathing along with you so follow my rhythm and the first set will be for 10. So breathing in through the nose again and out through the mouth. So taking one big breath in just to prepare in your own time, exhale. And then we'll start. So breathing in, in, out, out for two, and three. In through the nose four and out 
In. Out. In. Out. In. Out. In. Out. In. Out. Last one. In. And out. Breathing out all the air. All the air. And holding your breath at the bottom. Holding. Feel that spaciousness. See if you can relax. And then just relaxing. Letting your breath return to normal for a few moments before we go into our second round. And this time of 20 breaths at the same pace. All right, taking a breath to prepare. And begin breathing in, in, out, out, two, out. In, out. Carry on. Halfway, carry on in that rhythm, 11. Breathing in, 12. Relaxing on the exhale, 13. Feel your body heating up. 17, 18, relaxing on that inhale and breathing it all out on that exhale. Last one. Breathing out all the air. Fully exhaling and just holding at the bottom. You can visualize continuing, continually breathing out as that hold. Feeling the energy in your body, feeling the tingling and the heat. And breathing back in. All right, allowing the body to reset for a moment. On this last round of 30 breaths, we'll be breathing in double time. Really see if as you breathe in on this last round, you can breathe into the belly and the side of the ribs. And really surrender on your exhale. Just focus on that exhale, really relaxing and letting all the air fall out of you. All right, taking one breath to prepare for this last round of 30. And begin breathing in, out, in, out, 
in, out, in, out, in, out. Continue in this rhythm. Feeling the aliveness. Expanding and contracting. We're halfway, keeping going in, out, in, out, in, out. Last ten. Being with the body. Three. Two. One, breathing all the air out, holding your breath at the bottom here, holding your breath, noticing all the tingling, seeing if you can relax the muscles in this space of discomfort. And Whenever feels right, just returning to your normal breath. Taking a moment right now in the stillness. Feel the blood pumping through your body, sending those sing signals to the brain of that tingling, perhaps in your hands and your arms and feet. Notice how you feel in this space, knowing you can always return to this space. So all we did was breathe. Wriggling your fingers and toes and gently, gently opening your eyes. Taking a look around the room slowly. Noticing how it may look a bit different from before. <laughs> Very relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> how was that? How did you find that? That was fantastic. Thank you so much. It was uh, just nice to take that moment out, isn't it? You know, those that five yeah. minutes to, yep. as cliched as it sounds, to give it back to yourself. I think in the middle of a middle of a day. Yeah, and it feels a lot longer now. Like, oh, that was only, you know, three rounds of just, you know, 10 breaths, nothing, you know. We totally, take totally. 5,000 breaths a day. We can give ourselves, <laughs> give ourselves, <laughs> give ourselves 50 of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Thank you so much, Alex. Thank you. It's a it's a gift to, to share. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> the listeners who are, interested in pursuing the breath work and interested in learning more about what you do 
feel very. very <laughs> I know it's today, hard to come back and, and be. I'll back after a small sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those who would like to learn more about what you do and um, and more about breathwork generally, how do they get in touch with you? Yeah, so you can reach me at alexandramacalla.com. There's information there on how to work with me on a one-on-one basis, more therapeutically, and also um, I work with businesses. So I can do this kind of work to really reset the team as well, come in and facilitate um, longer sessions of this, but also um, do some education on the nervous system and how that can um better improve decision-making outcomes and reducing burnout. So really empowering your team with how to work with that. Um, and then coaching individuals through what's going on in their body that's blocking them perhaps from, you know, doing that good pitch, reaching for that promotion, yeah. whatever it is in that case. So yeah, reach out there at alexandramacalla.com um, and you can find me on LinkedIn, same name and, and socials as well there. So I really hope to, to connect with more business owners on um, bringing this powerful work into the workplace. Wonderful. And for this, so listeners know, I will also include the links to the website and to the LinkedIn profile and the notes that accompany the podcast. Um, Alex, thank you so much for setting me up for a very uh, relaxed <laughs> afternoon. I genuinely appreciate it. And thank you so much for your time. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you for having me on and have a blissed out day. Thank you. <laughs> For those of you who'd like to learn more about what Alex does and also breathwork and somatic therapy, please go to alexandramacalla.com and you'll find the links in the notes that accompany this podcast. And if you've enjoyed this or any other of the episodes of the new PL, please do take a moment to rate us or review us. It all helps with our ratings and our rankings. So finally, I'm Paul. Thank you once again for listening to the new PL. I invite you to pop back next week for a special episode of the new PL to the point. Have a great day and speak soon.